God morning, everybody. <laughs> oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the little letters actually mean something. Put that on the clock. <laughs> if you got your Bibles, we're in the book of Exodus. Chapter 8, on this blessed God morning, it's going to catch on. Exodus chapter 8, we're at the top of chapter 8. Chapter 8, verse 1. Once you get there, let us pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for being God. And just for showing your love to us, Father God, help us to always embrace, to know, and to trust in your love, to never take you or your goodness for granted. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And we're journeying on our way with Brother Moses through this great escape, Exodus. And last when we left off, the punishments began, and God began to pour out his wrath to show his glory. To make himself known to the people of Egypt. And he began his plagues. And we talked about the first of the how many plagues? Ten. You sure? It's not ten? Okay. (laughs) It's ten or eleven. Some number of them. (laughs) All right. We'll see. We only made it to one. What was that one? Anybody remember? All the water turned into blood. What preceded that one? Anybody remember? Huh? The signs. And in between the signs and the plague, there was a what? I said it. Now I said it. Make sure y'all pay attention. And between the signs and the plagues, there was something. Somebody said it. A warning. So he opened the whole thing up with a warning, warning Pharaoh that he need to let the people go. And that introduced the plagues, this warning. What's the purpose of these plagues? Huh? Which one? All right, we ain't no church now. We got two different answers. So to show who God is, so I, I, let's take a vote. I'm saying this is modern age Bible study. We just <laughs> vote on it. <laughs> so to show who God is, who think to make to let the people go? So who agree with Shell? They're both of them. <laughs> we go with both. So we, we, we settled. It's both. So he want them to know who he is and he want them to let his people go. Alright, this is a tough one here and we're going to get into it. There were seven things God said he was going to do with the children of Israel. 
Who remember? You got him? Are you looking at him? You remember? Okay. <laughs> oh, you wrote him down? That, that, I guess that counts. You remember where you wrote it? <laughs> uh-huh. It's seven I wheels. All right. Got them seven I wheels. And we're going to try to keep track of those seven I wheels because we want to see if God's faithful to his promise. Does he fall short of any of those things he said he was going to do? Uh, is he like LeBron James? Yeah, not four, not five. <laughs> yeah, so let's see if we fall short. So we're with Moses, heading into plague number what now? Two. The water turned to blood. How long was it on the land? Seven days. Go ahead. It was fulfilled. So he filled up seven days with it. So we assume that it ended then. Because we don't hear no more talk about the blood. So he completed what he was doing with that blood stuff for seven days. Yeah. Good question. Well, we'll keep that in mind as we go. Let's see if we can figure it out. Said, the Lord spake unto Moses, go unto Pharaoh and say unto him, thus said the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me. So we got the same refrain. He's giving his command to Pharaoh, let the people go for what purposes? So that they can serve him. Now, this go way, way, way back. What does he mean by serve him? Somebody said it. Worship. Service and worship go one and the same. I'm going to repeat that. Service and worship go one and the same. One more time. Service and worship go one and the same. So if all you're doing is singing and not serving, you. All right. Now y'all said it. Preach it then. <laughs> and if thou refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite all thy borders with frogs. So we get another warning. Let the people go. If you don't let them go, I'm going to smite all your borders with frogs. So God saying he going to hit, he going to strike. The borders of Egypt. What are you going to hit them with? Frogs. Like, what God think this stuff up from? <laughs> like, out of all things you come up that I'm going to bring up, he choose frogs. So we got water turned to blood. We got frogs now. And it said, the river shall bring forth, what now? Frogs abundantly. What's going to produce the frogs? Y'all think God got something against that river? Huh? Oh, girl, yeah, that might be. It killed all the babies in the river? It's the main river. That's the life blood of the whole country. Because they're in the middle of a desert. And the only thing that keeps that region from being desert is that river. And God is attacking him. Because think about it. Let's try to pull our mind in. You live in the middle of a desert. And you got river that produces life that gives you good form land. That, that, that overflows sometime and fill up your, your, your rice paddy fields. What would be one of the most important things to you in that place? The river. Because when the river don't produce like it's supposed to produce, what happens? 
Huh? Yeah, famine. Because we go back to Joseph. All of the things of Pharaoh's dream were built around what? The river. The corn came out of the river. The lean corn came out of the river. Cows came out of the river. The lean cows came out of the river. So it was something that went on in the river that produces that seven-year famine. And now we see God is attacking this same river. Turned it to blood. Now he produced some frogs. And we're going to come back and we're going to play with that a little more. And see if God got a plan or something. So the frogs going to come up abundantly out of the river. It shall go up and come into thy houses, into thy bedchamber, upon thy bed, and into the house of thy servants, and upon thy people, and into thy ovens, and into thy kneading troughs. So frogs are going to be where? Everywhere. And he didn't only just talk about the houses and all the different places in the houses. He added, in on your people. Now just imagine, you, you sleep in the middle of the night. And you wake up and frogs just all over your belly and all <laughs> Not a frog. Frogs, plural. <laughs> and with their big old buck eyes just sitting up there. <laughs> you know when you get close to them and they got nowhere to go, they just freeze and just sit <laughs> I mean, you would be terrified. Now, I know some of y'all, and small creatures have create great fright. <laughs> Frogs all over your house. You knock them off you. You wake up, they're all over your floor. You get your broom, you sweep them all out, and you think you got them clear. You open up the oven, they're jumping out the oven. You go in the cupboard to get some bread. They jumping out the cupboard. They all in your bread trays and all that. Frogs everywhere. God sound mean. Because he could have just filled the land up. Like, come on, God, coming into my house. <laughs> and this is plague number two. And it said, and the frogs shall come up both on thee and upon thy people. And upon all thy servants, and the Lord spake unto Moses, say unto Aaron, stretch forth thy hand with thy rod over the streams and over the rivers and over the ponds and cause the frogs to come up upon the land of Egypt. And Aaron stretched out his hand over the rivers of Egypt and the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. And the magicians did so with their enchantments and brought up frogs upon the land of Egypt. Who stretched out his hand? Aaron. I remember that. The, mo the move is tricky. This is Aaron executing these plagues right now. Now these magicians. They made some blood. They made serpent. And now they're making frogs. Now. Just let's be citizens in Egypt right now. Frogs are everywhere. And the Egyptians come to impress you. The magicians. By making some more. <laughs> How many of y'all are ready to revolt and take over the kingdom right now? Because this old man keep coming in the street and what he's saying? Pharaoh, if you don't, I will. So who bringing these frogs in your house? Pharaoh. And now these magicians supposed to be the wise people and they supposed to have the true power of Egypt and the gods of Egypt and all they can do is make more frogs. How many of y'all ready to revolt? I wonder if they still paying that 20% that Joseph started. 
That won't be tying no, you ain't paying no taxes. Pay me under the table. <laughs> Don't give me no double two. <laughs> uh, Pharaoh tripping. So y'all will be ready to revolt. How many of y'all would dislike Israelite? Would you hate them? This old man keep coming in the street hollering out Pharaoh if you don't. And Pharaoh don't. And these strange things keep happening. But would you hate the Israelite? How many of y'all hate the Israelite? You think that's a legit response? Like, hold up. We don't like these people. They're already foreigners and strangers in our land. And now our land is going through turmoil and hardship because these people. And let's pull the picture all the way out because these ain't just plagues. What if you're a fisherman? What happened to you? All the fish dead, so you broke. You are in the midst of a global pandemic. <laughs> you can't earn no money. You got to get your PPE loan. You can't, you can't earn anything. And now, what if you're a baker? And all your ovens and all your cakes got frogs in them. Sell some frog legs. Ain't nobody gonna want none. <laughs> nobody want a frog leg. I'm tired of seeing frogs. But God amped this thing up a little bit. And watch what he do, y'all. Now then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Entreat the Lord. I pray to the Lord for <clears throat> entreat the Lord that they may take away the frogs from me, that he may. And from my people, and I will let the people go that they may do sacrifice unto the Lord. Sound like Pharaoh got his act together. If you pray, I'm going to let you go. And Moses said unto Pharaoh, glory over me. When shall I entreat for thee and for thy servants and for thy people to destroy the frogs from thee in thy houses that they may remain in the river only? Now watch this. This is a, a, a crafty question Moses put there. Because Pharaoh is asking. Hey, you go pray. Yahweh, he need to take these frogs away. And he said, glory over me. Or you have dominion over me is another way to say that. And by doing so, you tell me when you want the frogs gone. So Moses stunned a little bit. So there is not any confusion. This was not an accident. This was not just some natural occurrence. You tell me when you want them gone. And here he's demonstrating that Yahweh has full control over what's going on. Now, the thing that, that, that perplexes my mind is Moses still cheated a little bit. Because he said, not only will I get them and destroy them, because he said, God going to destroy the frogs. So when y'all think destroy the frogs, what's coming to your mind? Huh? That what you think about? What you think? When you hear Lord will destroy the frogs, what you think? They die? Now think about that. <laughs> so he said, God gonna destroy them and you tell me when. Now let's be Pharaoh for a minute. When would you say 
Let's see what he say. And he said, tomorrow. <laughs> and he said, be it according to thy word, that thou mayest know that there is none like unto the Lord our God. Like, just as you say, that's how it's going to happen. So when he going to take away? Why in the world would Pharaoh wait till tomorrow? He probably just tested. Like, because this could have been a freak accident. Frogs just could have came. And we don't got the full timeline, but from wherever he can, it's tomorrow. That seems a bit strange and crazy. But Moses show us, and we're going to see this refrain, and I want us to try to pick up on it at the end of that verse. He said, be it according to your word that you may what? Know that there is none like unto Yahweh our God. And we're going to get this you may know stuff over and over again. And what we're going to try to do is keep track of all the different things that God want them to know. And here we got one. He want them to know what there? Nobody like him. And he's showing this through a demonstration of his power. He's controlling the whole thing. Nobody like our God. I want you to know this. So just as you said, that's when it's going to go away. Saying the frog shall depart from thee and from thy houses and from thy service and from thy people and they shall remain in the river only. So they're going to leave. And Moses and Aaron went out from Pharaoh and Moses cried unto the Lord because of the frogs which he had brought against Pharaoh. So Moses did what? He cried out to God. Now think about this for a minute. Who is Pharaoh? He the enemy. He is the enemy. Why would Moses pray for him? <laughs> and you see this strange thing. Moses, God didn't tell him to do that. And you see the strange trust and confidence that Moses has because we don't get no word from the Lord saying, now when Pharaoh asks you to take the frogs away, you ask him what time. Moses is doing this. And we're starting to see a transformation in Moses himself. Because up to this point so far, who been doing all the talking? Aaron. Now Moses is starting to lift up his voice. And he's starting to get a little, 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 little confidence going. And his confidence then got so far that he said, hey, you tell me where you want to go. God going to make him leave. He didn't wait for no word from the Lord. He didn't wait for no unction, no feeling. He was not led. Hey, you want the frog gone? I'm going to show you who God really is. You tell me when you want to go. Then he go out and he go pray and he cried to God and he has full confidence that God going to do what? Respond to what he say. Y'all believe we can pray like that? Y'all really believe that? Just a little bit like this much believe. <laughs> and the Lord did according to what now? I'm going to read that again. The Lord did according to what? Y'all sure that's in the Bible? 
Who got a new Bob? Meaning, what's your Bob say? Verse 13. They cheated a little bit. What's yours say? Yeah. And the reason I ask it, because that's a tough one. A lot of folks have a problem with that statement in that sentence. And what makes it such a big deal is because it's supposed to be the other way around. And the Bible said that God did what Moses said. Y'all believe that? Just think about that for a minute. Moses made a command from God and God listened to him. Y'all believe stuff can work like that? Do you really? You think you do that? That's a strange thing we need to wrap our minds around because I must admit, like, like that was a little hard for me to, to pay attention to it in the reading. Like, hold up. God, what you mean you did what Moses said? Because we all quote the Bible. We go, the fervent, factual prayer of a righteous man avail much. How many of y'all have said that before? <laughs> you said, well, fervent. Ask anything in the name. And it shall be given to you. How many of y'all said something like that before? <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Amen. And we and if we can cry out to God, the Bible tells us He listened. And not only just listen, that verse said He did what? Read for me one more time. All right, y'all put that one on your mirror. <laughs> Make that your memory verse for the month. And the Lord did according to the word of Moses. Y'all believe Moses greater than y'all? Huh? How many people think they're better than Moses? Just honest. We can be honest with church. You're supposed to be honest. You're supposed to tell the truth with your church. You don't lie on Sunday. <laughs> so don't raise your hand out loud. <laughs> All right, raise your hand in your heart, dear. How many of y'all think you better than Moses? Don't nobody want to answer that. I reworded it a little bit. How many of y'all think you got more sway in the kingdom of God than Moses? Y'all believe that? Huh? Is that what I do? Yeah, like I'm saying, you and God got some connection. That made it worse? All right, we'll say a little different. How many of y'all think y'all got equal access to God as Moses did? (laughs) That's a little more safe, right? (laughs) We, we. We give that, like, yeah, yeah, I'm saying, God ain't no respect no person. <laughs> so y'all think y'all got equal. How I many you truly believe that? Yeah. Cause Jesus made, Matthew 11, 11, what it say? You, 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 what it say? Now, great John the Baptist was the greatest prophet. Up to that point. So in that list includes who? Uh oh. And the person that's the least in the kingdom is greater than who? 
All right. I'm just saying, Jesus could have been lying. He might not know what he was talking about. Y'all don't want to say that, do <laughs> So pick it. Wrestle with it in your heart and see where you stand. Because these are some powerful things for us to grab hold to, that we can get access to God, and God actually listens. And more than just listen, the outcome, he did according to the word of Moses. And the frogs died out of the houses, out of the villages, out of the fields, and they gathered them together upon heaps, and the land stank. God is So frogs just start leaving and dying as they leave, and they just start piling up around the river. So they got a levy of frogs, dead frogs. How many of y'all be mad at them? It was like, nah. Yeah, seven days of blood all over the river. Fish dead everywhere in his stank. Now you got dead frogs everywhere in his stank. Yeah. <laughs> Live frogs out of smell. Okay, I don't know. That was tough. Said, but when Pharaoh saw that there was respite, so he saw that there was some alleviation, the frogs dying back, he hardened his heart and hearkened not unto them as the Lord has said. And that was another way of saying that, that Pharaoh made his heart heavy. He, he got stubborn in his way once he saw the relief. Once he saw that God demonstrated his power to the point where Moses can tell you when the frogs going to leave and they do exactly what Moses say. That should work the other way around. And you respect Moses, but Pharaoh's heart grew cold and it grew stubborn. Who hardened his heart? He did this time. All right, we're going to keep wrestling with that too. And the Lord said unto Moses, say unto Aaron, stretch out thy rod and smite the dust of the land, that it may become life throughout all the land. Now, hold on, what's missing? Ain't no warning. Okay, y'all paying attention. Because we starting to see, we thought, we thought we had a pattern emerging. God speaks, give Moses a command to Pharaoh. Pharaoh ignores, a plague come. God in the plagues. Moses speak, give him a warning. Pharaoh ignores, a plague come. God in the play. This time, there is no warning. He's just sending them on a mission. And this is the end of the first cycle of three. And at the end of this cycle, no warning. I thought you're always supposed to get a warning. So was God unjust in doing this? What y'all think? He had a right to just judge like this? <laughs> all right, all right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So God just go do the thing. And he said, stretch out the rod, smite the dust, or you hit the dirt that it may become lice throughout all the land of Egypt. So you hit the dust, the dust going to become lice or some type of stinging insect. We can't be concrete on what the actual insect was. 
Yosene. And saying, they did so, for Aaron stretched out his hand with his rod and smote the dust of the earth, and it became lice in man, in beast, and all the dust of the land became lice throughout all the land of Egypt. So everywhere there was dust, there was lice. Can you imagine turning on your ceiling fan because y'all ain't cleaned that thing in so long? <laughs> it's just lights get to shoot all right. <laughs> lights, gnats, some type of insect everywhere. Who would rather stuck with the, the frogs? And did you notice where they became lice at? Yeah. Uh huh. So it's all up in your skin. <laughs> and that's strange that you brought that up because what we have not noticed yet. There is no mention of Goshen. There have been no mention of Goshen or the Israelites. So has God plagued the whole place? Or has he separated? <laughs> and we're going to put that question in the, in, in the back pocket. But us being regular Egyptians in this land. How many of y'all ready to kill Pharaoh? We down, <laughs> we down for an assassination? <laughs> So, and the magicians did so with their enchantments to bring forth lice. They show up again, but they could not. So there were lice upon man and upon beast. And now we see the other pattern break. They brought forth the blood. They brought forth more frogs. Why they won't do that? They try to bring forth some more lice. Like, why would you want to do that? Yeah, that ain't nothing special about this. And this time they could not do so. So this producing of the lice, they couldn't do nothing about it. So lice was everywhere. Said so then the magician said unto Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he hearkened not unto them as Yahweh has said. So they go to him like, hold up, this, this, this right here, this is something different. And that makes him mad. And Pharaoh at this point is purely obstinate and anti-God. How many of y'all ever met somebody like that? Don't raise your hand out loud. How many of you ever been somebody like that? Like, no matter what you see, no matter what anybody say, and actually to see something makes you worse. And that's a bad place to be in because that's a sign of a stubborn and a hardened heart. Now, most of us, we can't fathom. Like, man, ain't nowhere in the world you can see all that he saw and your heart get tougher. But we're a little bit slicker than Pharaoh. Because let's start on a low level. We do it to each other. I said, don't raise your hand. I lie. Raise it in your heart. 
How many of you have ever been impacted by some real and some true love? Somebody who poured themselves out and demonstrated real love on you. And it makes you untrusted. You're like, hold up. What are they motive? Like, uh-uh. I don't, uh-uh. <laughs> oh, no, you can't put no gas in my car. <laughs> no, thank you. Oh. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I said, don't raise your hand out loud. I mean, y'all, I'm saying, we, we know ain't nobody in this church ever been like that. But them people in them other churches that y'all have met before, like, people can't show you love. And it takes years and it takes heartache. And actually, you'll be the one that hurt them. And some folks try to hurt people because you can't believe that it's real. And that's a sign of a scarred and hardened heart. And the crazy thing is, life does that to us. But the hardest thing for us to see is ourselves. And when you react, I mean react, just purely based off situations and can't elevate above that, that harden increases. And that's what we see with Pharaoh. He's gung-ho and he got his gun set. This Yahweh is not greater than me. He's not greater than the gods of Egypt. He's not greater than our great river now. He's not greater than all the ones who have blessed us and put me in this spot. No, he's not. And he's stuck in on it. So now his own people starting to break. Like, hold up. This something special. And that makes him worse. And said, the Lord said unto Moses in verse 20, rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh. Lo, he cometh forth to the water and say unto him, Thus said Yahweh, let my people go that they may serve me. So we got another warning. And this is the beginning of the second cycle. And we're starting to see a pattern emerge. So we had one cycle of three. We had the blood, had the frogs, we had the lice. We had two warnings, one without a warning. And now we see another warning coming forward. And this starts the whole next cycle. Round to fight. <laughs> and Pharaoh is coming where? Coming to the water. Else if thou will not let my people go. Behold I will send swarm, a swarm upon thee. And upon thy servants. And upon thy people. And into thy houses. And the houses of the Egyptians. Shall be full of a swarm. And also the ground whereon there are. So he going to have sitting this massive. Swarm. Some of you would say flies or something to that degree. Well, like I said, we can't be dogmatic about what type of insect it was. All we know was an insect that moved and swarmed. And they're going to be everywhere. How many of y'all ready to leave Egypt? Say so you would have been gone. Saying <laughs> so, I was severing that day the land of Goshen which my people dwell, that no swarm shall be there to the end that thou mayest know that I am Yahweh in the midst of the earth. We're getting one of these that you may know. And this is the first mentioning we see of the separation. Now this leads us something to meditate on and to think about it. We have to pray about. Were the first three rounds impacting the Israelites? Huh? Yeah, they read into it. <laughs> 
And the reason they read into it is because this is the first mention of them. And here he says, I will sever. And that word sever there is a strange word. Because everywhere else we run into that exact same word in the Old Testament is redemption. I will redeem Goshen. So he's going to do an act that brings them out, that rescues them, that separates them from this next round of plagues. And the reason he's going to do it is so that you may know that I am Yahweh where? In the midst of the earth. Like, I'm running this thing down here. The Egyptians had gods of sun, gods of this, gods of river, God down here in this earth. I'm running this. And I'm finna separate right here in the middle of the earth. I'm gonna do an act that's gonna redeem this plot of land to show you I'm running it right here. That this just ain't no happenstance, no God up in heaven just happened doing stuff. Mm-hmm. There's the whole land. That's that's a very good question. Very good question. It's a couple of reasons. Now he told you his main reason. He wanted everybody to know what? Who he was. He finna demonstrate his power. But also, when the oppression was happening, who was doing it? Pharaoh wasn't out there cracking no whip. Pharaoh just made the laws. The people executed. Pharaoh wasn't throwing no baby in the rivers. Pharaoh went out there trying to slaughter the children. And anytime you have an alignment with a tyrant, most of the work of tyrants is executed by lay people. Well, that's a quick goes back to the question we asked a long, long time ago. What should you be willing to sacrifice to stand up for what is right? <laughs> that's legit. Because it's easy for us to say, well, I can't go against it because if I go against it, I lose my life. I lose my livelihood. They may take my family. That's legit concern. But the outworking of evil and injustice is a legit concern. And what should we be willing to risk to stand up for what is right? Because that's the same type of stuff that went on in Nazi Germany. Laws are put in place. Things are put on the books. But it takes the regular everyday people to execute. And if I don't execute the things that are being put out, I can lose my job. They can close down my shop. They can take my family. They can put me in a concentration camp. But is it worth it? It's the question you have to wrestle with. And we saw a sign of it, a glimpse of it with the, um, the midwives. Their jobs and their lives was on the line. But they refused to kill the children. And it's something we have to wrestle with as days go bad. Now, fortunately, we live in America and it ain't that bad yet. And hopefully, by the grace of God, it never get that bad. But if it does, what are we willing to risk? What should you put on the line to stand up for what is right? And a part of that problem, we saw with um the rape of Dinah. When Levi and them killed everybody. Because the way they rationalized, if you were with it, you were with it. Everybody didn't rape her. But when this whole contract was made that legitimized this rape, people of the city was down. We don't see nobody say, oh man, that ain't right. He shouldn't even rape that girl. 
And that's part of the problem of, of the Egyptians. That they're being under the judgment of God. And we even have to ask, were the Israelites under that same judgment? Were the rivers and the bowls in their houses blood? Were gnats and frogs all over their houses? And it seems as maybe it was so. But now God finna demonstrate something else. I'm finna separate. He finna show you his power and pull his people out of this. In 23, I will put a division between my people and thy people. Tomorrow shall this, this sign be. He let them know. My people, your people, we finna split. Battle lines are drawn. Saying Yahweh did so, and there came a grievous swarm into the houses of Pharaoh, into his servants' houses, and into all the land of Egypt. And the land was corrupted by reason of the swarm. So you got these flies or whatever these things were. They're just taking over the whole land. Crops, food, all this stuff is now being corrupted. It's getting bad. Just imagine how many stimulus checks Pharaoh had to give out. <laughs> People can't produce. <laughs> if you're growing crops, what you going to grow? Denial is what you need to grow crops. And it was blood for seven days. Frogs that took over everything. Gnats and everybody fighting off gnats and all that. Now you got this swarm just taking in. You got flies and all whatever these is all over your house. I'm talking about stimulus checks like crazy. And Pharaoh called for Moses and for Aaron and said, Go ye, sacrifice to your God in the land. This broke him a little bit. It's like, get out. Go do your sacrifice. Go to your land, do your sacrifice to your God. And Moses said, it is not meat so to do. He's trying to get them to sacrifice where? In Goshen. That's their land. He don't know nothing about no Canaan. So when he said, go do your sacrifices in your land, you stay here in Egypt. Y'all got Goshen, that's your area. Go over there and do your sacrifice. And Moses like, nah, it's not fitting. This ain't the thing for us to do. For we shall sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians to the Lord our God. Lo, shall we sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians before their eyes? And will they not stone us? So there's something that there is going to sacrifice that the Egyptians ain't down with. And he's thinking, if we do this here, Egyptians going to see it. They're going to hate us and they're going to stone us because it's an abomination to them for us to make this sacrifice. Us sacrificing in the land of Goshen, that's not a deal. Said we will go how many days journey? Three days journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God and as he shall command us. Have y'all noticed something? What's missing? Well, that part too. He said we're going to go three days journey. He said about coming back. But what they going to sacrifice? God ain't told them nothing. I told you, you're going to come back to this mountain and you're going to serve me. What we going to do when we get here? I don't know. Like you tell your children, be quiet and enjoy the ride. Now, some of y'all mean parents, just shut up and, and listen. Just, just ride. <laughs> huh? I told them they're going to come and serve, but service and worship go hand in hand. So all of this is connected in their mind. 
And Moses know they're going to be doing some type of service, some type of worship out there, but he really don't know what they're going to be doing because God didn't give him that part of the plan. All he knows, he's going back to where? The mountain in Horeb. And Pharaoh said, I will let you go that you may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness. Only you shall not go very far away and treat for me. So, all right, he compromising now. We got some negotiations. First he said, go to Goshen. Like, nah, we can't go to Goshen. All right, go in the wilderness. All right, but you got to pray for me again. I mean, y'all think that's a good deal? Yeah, you know, don't, don't leave. Don't go too far. Because Pharaoh's expectation is for them to go do what? Worship and come on back. So he still is not willing to relinquish his grip on these people. He tried to control them. Go ahead. What? Well, it's been phrased, let my people go. Uh huh. First it was just blanket. Let my people go. Then let my people go that made me sacrifice unto me in the wilderness. And that word let my people go could be translated like kick them out. Cast my people out of the land. So, but he negotiated. He, he being technical. Like, well, really? Technically. So maybe he was a lawyer. That's how he got to the throne. <laughs> and Pharaoh said, I will let you go that you may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness. Only you shall not go very far away and treat for me. And Moses said, behold, I go out from thee and I will treat the Lord that the swarm of flies may depart from Pharaoh, from his servants and from his people tomorrow. But let not Pharaoh deal deceitfully anymore and not letting the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. And Moses went out from Pharaoh and entreated the Lord. So Moses accepted the deal. That bit. And he prays for him one more time. And the Lord did according to what now? That thing keeps showing up. And he removed the swarm from Pharaoh, from his servants, and from his people. And there remained not one. Now that's amazing. And it's doubly amazing. Anybody pick on the double amazing thing to that? No, no, that ain't the double amazing part. It's double amazing. You only see one amazing? What's the one you see? Huh? Not one left. Instantly, he got rid of all the flies. They gone. But even greater than that, he controlled the flies. Because how can you have a swarm and not one fly make it to Goshen? They just flying everywhere. Not one make it to Goshen. And when you say, all right, God, make them stop, they all disappear. Have y'all ever seen a swarm of flies? You never seen them before? Swarming that. You know, they don't usually just instantly disappear. There's always some hang around. Get left. <laughs> but here, they instantly disappeared. So who controlled the flies? He got the power to control flies. Y'all believe that? That he can tell flies where to go. And can control them to the degree... Well, they can just skip over a whole plot of land. Y'all believe he can do that? 
You believe it? Because it's one thing just to bring them. All right, all right, you cool. You got a little power. But to control where they go and how they operate, that's another level of power. You need to make them disappear. Where they went? Now, these were dust. It just was a swarm. They showed up. Said wherever God told him to go. And Pharaoh hardened his heart at this time also. Neither would he let the people go. How many of y'all think now it's time to get rid of Pharaoh? Y'all down? Assassination? Assassination too far? <laughs> it's just, honestly, think about this. Put yourself in the shoes of a regular everyday Egyptian. Americans are living in your life. Your regular everyday life. And all of these plagues and all of these things are going on. How does this impact your normal living? Do you think you can have a regular life? I'm pretty sure business is shut down. The marketplaces are shut down. Like who going out there to buy watermelon? It's a swarm of flies everywhere. <laughs> you probably could. Then just imagine you you on your little bike or something, ride down there, you <laughs> Y'all don't think about this. I'm trying try to be regular. You tell they're everywhere. And just think about sleeping. How many of y'all ever had a fly come in your house when you're trying to sleep? And they get it at that good part of the sleep. And you just be hitting it and you're slapping yourself all in the face. And it seems like they just won't leave. Like no matter what you do, <laughs> they go away and come right back. You flip, you put the covers all over your head. <laughs> Till you get hot because your breath stank, you can't breathe. <laughs> you gotta come up for air, that thing playing, right, man? <laughs> that ain't fun. <laughs> My man's a whole swarm of them. <laughs> Go ahead. No, but it'll give me hope. <laughs> like, hold up. Moses, I got you. All y'all finna leave tonight. Just get ready. <laughs> we finna shut the whole thing down. But this thing keep going. How many plays we done made to? That was the fourth one. That one cycle of three, and that's the first one in the next cycle. Said, Then the Lord said unto Moses, Go in unto Pharaoh, tell him, Thus said the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go that they may serve me. We got another what? All right, so far this matching just like the first three. Said, for thou refuse to let them go and would hold them still. That's a strange expression. He said he going to do what to them still? Hold them. What y'all think he mean by that? So all of this time y'all think the affliction and the torture and the enslavement was still going on? And the crazy thing is, I try to imagine, how was they able to make bricks if all the water was blood? Yeah, that's the introduction of the red brick right there. <laughs> <laughs> Got the red clay dirt mixed with blood. That's the red brick. The, he still got his grip on them. All of these things are going on and he's still trying to run business as usual. Pharaoh is crazy. 
said, Behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thy cattle, which is in the field, upon the horses, upon the donkeys, upon the camels, upon the oxen, upon the sheep. And there shall be a grievous moraine. And the Lord shall sever between the cattle of Israel, the cattle of Egypt, and there shall nothing die of all that is the children of Israel. We finna bring this thing down. So he severed between the land. Now he's severing between the possessions this time. And the Lord appointed a set time saying tomorrow the Lord shall do this thing in the land. So your cattle going to die tomorrow. No Israelite cattle will die. And the Lord did that thing on the morrow and all the cattle of Egypt died. But the, of the cattle of the children of Israel died not one. And Pharaoh sent, and behold, there was not one of the cattle of the Israelite dead, and the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, and he did not let the people go. Y'all, y'all see that? Pharaoh is stubborn. And the craziest thing is, you see he listening because he did what? He went and checked. Look, man, go down to the Goshen. See if you see any cattle. Like, nah, man, all that cattle are grace. Golly. Nobody listen to no Lord. This is stubbornness. That's stubborn. That, that, that's, that's just purely stubborn. Go ahead. Good question. We're going to get there. He's going to tell us. Why in the world he keep doing what he's doing? He's going to tell us why he's doing what he's doing. And start with verse 8. said, The Lord said unto Moses and unto Aaron, Take your hand full of ashes, of the furnace and let Moses sprinkle it toward the heaven in the sight of Pharaoh. As y'all notice, do our pattern continue? No warning. Just this is what you do. Take your hand full of ashes of the furnace and let Moses sprinkle it toward the heaven in the sight of Pharaoh. Now who doing the action now? It then switched. Aaron been doing the thing most of this time. Now Moses out there working. Mm -hmm. and it shall become small dust in all the land of Egypt and shall be bore breaking forth with blands upon the man and upon beast throughout all the land of Egypt so you just lift up dust or ashes and the ashes are going to land on the people and it's going to turn to boils that nasty go ahead whatever left you got goats you got donkeys you got dogs <laughs> cats <laughs> mm -hmm. they use cattle like that too sometimes context you have to let you know and they took ashes of the furnace and stood before Pharaoh and Moses sprinkled it toward heaven and it became a boil breaking forth with blands upon man and upon the beast so this thing start pussing all up. Yeah. And the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boys. They were ashamed to come out there. They broke all out just like super acne. <laughs> For the boy was upon the magicians and upon all the Egyptians. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh and he hearkened not unto them as the Lord had spoken unto Moses. Pharaoh still won't listen. But who would say hard in his heart that time? 
And the Lord said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say unto him, Thus said the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go that they may serve thee. So we see another what now? Warning. Command and a warning. So for I will stretch out my hand that I may smite thee and thy people with pestilence and thou shalt be cut off from the earth. And in very deed for this cause, I have raised thee up to shew thee, eschewing thee my power, that my name may be declared throughout all the earth. As yet, exaltest thou thyself against my people, thou will not let them go. So he's giving us a little background to why he doing Pharaoh the way he doing him. Right? You lifting up yourself and you think you great and you mighty, you can control my people. That's why I'm holding you where you at. Because I want the whole world to know I'm greater than anybody and these are my people. So this is a punishment and an example for all mankind. That's God's example. I'm going to make an example out you. you know, like when I be at work sometimes, the boys get to acting. You got my philosophy. You pick the biggest and the baddest one. And you make an example out of them. So the first thing you do that halfway wrong, bam, you own him. Once you do that and you handle him, you got him a problem. <laughs> and that's what God doing here. Like You think you bad. And you done lifted up your hand against my people. You done controlled my people. You done went at my people. So I'm holding you where you are so I can make an example out of you. And it's almost as if God is sustaining Pharaoh where he is. Like, hold up. No, I ain't done yet. Don't quit. Like, knock him out. Get the smelling sauce. Uh Uh-uh. Come back. No, 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 no. And it's a point of demonstration to show the whole world who he is. And that's why this story is so key and it's so pivotal because it should be a point of reflection for us. Because we see both the kindness, the tenderness, and the wrath and severity of our God all displayed in these acts. What's an example of the kindness and the tenderness? Goshen? The warning? Huh? Oh, you told I'm still talking to you because I ain't, uh, 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 don't, don't, don't quit. Like wrestling, but DDT, before you hit three, pick him up, pick him up. <laughs> I think that's part of the wrath and severity. Go ahead. Huh? Yeah, he listened to their cry. He heard their plea. And also something we sang about a whole lot. Why is he showing all this love to these Israelites? Huh? A little deeper than that. Why are they his people? Because he made a promise. And God is a promise keeping God. And here all these years later after Abraham. Abraham dead and gone. I ain't got to worry about that no more. But God made a promise and he keeps his promise. 
And even if it means that he has to go to war on the behalf of his promise, he's willing to do so. Now just think about that for a minute. Look at what God is willing to do to demonstrate his power and to keep and fulfill his promise. Now, don't raise your hand out loud. How many of you ever been bound by anything? Like, whether it's a life situation, whether it's something deep down in your heart that you just, you know, you went to them little conferences and you pride and you pray, God, they're going to never do it again. Then Wednesday you did it again. And you saying, God, forgive me if she ain't pregnant. I promise you. And it seems like there's an impossibility to be free. But God will fight the oppressor of his people if it produces the fulfillment of his promise. Y'all see that? He made a promise to Abraham years ago. His people cried to him that brought his covenant back to him and now he's willing to fight to the point of destroying, humiliating the oppressor to get his promise. Y'all think God didn't change? You think he'll do the same things for you to set you free? What if it's your own evil heart that got you oppressed? You think he can break it? What if you just made some bad decisions, you got hooked up with the wrong people and the consequences of those dumb actions are following you like crazy? You think you can cry to God and he can fight on your behalf when you don't have the strength or wisdom or the know-how to do it on your own? And he can penetrate whatever situation it is to defeat your oppressor, to defeat the thing that's trying to keep you bound to where you have been, all of where you have been, even if it's my dad and them and they're just in my nature. No, you mean. If your dad would mean, both of y'all mean and it's wrong. But God can take the mean that came from your daddy and defeat it. And he's willing to fight to fulfill his promises. Y'all truly believe he's the same God? Do y'all really believe that? So when it seems like you can't get free or when it seems like the consequences or the heaviness or the weight or whatever it is that keep you bound will not go, what should you do? Oh, girl, you almost said something deep right there. Say it one more time. Cry out. Cry out. How long should you cry? Until you free. How loud should you cry? However loud you need to be. <laughs> what if you start crying when you cry? <laughs> huh? Yeah. <laughs> Tears get to coming out your eyes. Because you're crying. Your throat get to burning. You feel like you're about to throw up because your stomach get to doing stuff like this because you ran out of breath. Should you stop crying? See, y'all ain't never been through nothing where you had to cry like that before. <laughs> See, y'all ain't never been bound. <laughs> If you ain't up got it with your stomach on you, <laughs> you trying to pray and the tears coming. You, <laughs> y'all ain't no pray like that for a while. You ain't up done that for. 
Yeah, all that type of stuff. Snot running, tears running. And you're just ugly. You just sit down. Can't say nothing else. See, that wasn't real. And if you're really bound, that's what you'll do. Now, if you're just a little bit bound, you get cute. Lord Jesus, help me. I really need you to. See, that, that's when you're just a little bit. But when you show enough, you get ugly. You lift up your voice and you do what it is you got to do to express it to God because you believe that God is the only one that can deliver you. What if it's a legal issue? Y'all think God can do something about that? Uh-oh. You, you think God can do something about that? What if it's just years of trauma and people mistreated you and you just can't imagine your mind being no other way? You don't even realize it. When people go give you a hug, you turn and you just see pictures of yourself like this. You be wondering why I'm leaning like that. Because I don't like people to touch me. But you ain't even smart enough to realize that you got that problem. You think God can do something about that? You think he's willing to fight to put his glory on display to set you free? How free? Now y'all saying some dangerous stuff now. Because you ain't going to be all the way free till you make it to heaven, right? That's what the church said. That ain't what the Bible said. How free can he make you? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We got some scripture getting quoted up on this thing. <laughs> oh, like y'all act like y'all read y'all Bible, Bill. <laughs> That's how free he can make it. And what if it means destroying whatever holds you bound? Y'all think he's willing to do that? All right, now. Let's push to the end of this day. Well, well, man. Yeah. So send therefore now and gather thy cattle and all that thou hast in the field for upon every man and every beast which is found in the field shall not be brought home. The hill shall come down upon them and they shall die. That's a, a warning. Who he giving his warning to? Pharaoh and all the people of the other of, of the nation. So you take your cattle and bring it to the house because whatever outside going to die. How many of y'all listening? Said, he that feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh made his servants and his cattle flee into the house. So you got some Egyptians. Right, bro, we ain't playing with Moses. And they bring all their stuff in. And he that regarded not the word of the Lord left his servants and his cattle in the field. Now, this is a trick question. How do you know who believed the word of the Lord? Their actions demonstrated their faith. But I thought faith is without works. Huh? Yeah, they believe them. And how do you know who believed? The ones who did what they... <laughs> so if you believe, you live according to what you claim you believe. That seems to be complex. And that's how you know it's separated. So this time, did the Egyptian get a chance to be blessed? Yeah. 
Hey, hold up, bro. Uh-uh. I'm bringing my cows in here. Now, whatever I got left, it's coming in the house. Then you got to find a place to hide. You mind? Come on in here. Huh? For the ones that don't believe, they better have been found. But if they believe, they did. <laughs> they kicked the door in. Like, bro, this home invasion. <laughs> I don't care what you talk about. You be down with Pharaoh if you want to. Mm-hmm. They willing to risk it. Yeah. Nah, bro. Nah, we ain't, we ain't, uh-uh. I lost enough. I'm, I'm, I'm invested. Put all my money on Yahweh. <laughs> and the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch forth thy hand towards heaven, that there may be hell in all the land of Egypt, upon man and upon beast, and upon every herb of the field throughout all the land of Egypt. And Moses stretched forth his rod toward heaven, and the Lord sent thunder in hell, and the fire ran along the ground, and the Lord rained hell upon the land of Egypt. So you got thundering going on, lightning going on, fire running down across the ground, and you got rain and hail falling from the sky. That's a bad storm. So you blend Tuscaloosa with California (laughs) and put them together. And that's what he did in Egypt. And this thing's getting very, very sober. Because these are real people living their real lives on a real land. And Pharaoh was playing power games. But it shows you the impact of wicked leadership. Because he leads the people. And the crazy thing is that people dumb enough to continue to follow him. Who going on with his same obstinacy and won't bring their cattle in. I'm down with the king. I'm a real Egyptian. Y'all fake bringing y'all cattle in here. Y'all know this is just a conspiracy. And God continues to pour out in verse 24. This, this, this let these words hit. This is very sobering. It says, so there was hell and fire mingled with hell and very grievous, such as there was none like in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. And the hell smoked throughout all the land of Egypt, all that was in the field, both man and beast. And the hell smote every herb of the field and break every tree of the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, was there no hell. So you got fireballs falling from heaven, fire running along the ground, all the plants getting burned up, trees getting broken down. And everybody who's in the field is dying. So a little boy running home from playing with his friends, he's dying. Because his daddy didn't believe and let him go outside and play. And this is very sobering to show you the might of God. And it's all built upon the obstinacy of Pharaoh. The hard-heartedness of the people. God don't take sin lightly. And God don't play with pride and rebellion. And we see this being demonstrated over and over again. And what we cannot do is allow our new age Americanism to soften that blow. And we think that, well, God understands my heart. Yes, he does. He understands it's evil. Just like Pharaoh's was. 
And if he's willing to punish him to this degree, to the point where plants, animals, men, women, children are all being punished because of pride and because of sin. I don't think God changed. And we need to have the humility of those who heed the word of the Lord, which shows itself in fearing God. But if we fear him and if we're part of his covenant and we're part of his people, we are protected from the wrath to come. But we have to have that humility and trust that the same God that set them free can set us free. And the same God that liberated them from the grip and the bondage of Pharaoh can liberate us from whatever it is that's binding us. Because if we ain't not, we are not free. We down with the king. It ain't cool to be down with the king right now. Because being down with the king when the king is obstinate against God brings judgment. But the only people who have safety are those who are what? In Goshen. In Goshen is the sacred place of his people in the midst of their foolishness. And that's another deep thing that we got and we're going to pause on that one. Because Jesus said, I leave you. He on this earth. Don't take them out of the earth. And he said, I send you as sheep in the middle of wolves. But you know that it's possible for us to be in this world and not of it. For us to have a place of safety right here in the midst of all the chaos and all the planet. And we have peace and safety and protection. While we wait for the day of our full deliverance. Because we didn't got it in spirit so far. That our minds are no longer bound. Our hearts are no longer bound. But there's coming a day. Where God take us out of Goshen into Canaan. But while we're here in this Goshen. We have peace. We have safety. In the midst of a chaotic world. What it feels and it seems that everything is going crazy. You have a Goshen. And it's us abiding under the shadow of the almighty. That as pestilence and plagues go upon the earth, we won't be touched. And it ain't just and it's deeper than sickness. Because the pestilence and the plagues of regular life is a whole lot worse to me. I don't know about y'all. Than physical stuff. Because my mind needs to be at peace and I need to have sanity. And I need to be able to experience joy. And when life is chaotic and you can still have joy and peace in the midst of it. That's a beautiful thing. When you can be going through and be like, you know, I'm supposed to be mad right now. You can have a conversation with God like, God, why, why ain't that tripping? And you be trying to make yourself trip. Like, no, I'm, I'm mad. But I don't feel mad. <laughs> this is crazy. But while I still feel at peace. <laughs> I can't believe this is happening. But I'm straight. And when people come to you, you can genuinely say, I'm good. And when I ask you, how you doing? I'm good. I say, American good or real good? You can just say, I'm real good. <laughs> like, it really is good. Everything ain't going good, but I'm doing good. And we can have that because peace he give to us and joy he give to us, what can't take it away? Because we got what? A Goshen right here in the midst of this planet. He didn't put a redemption that separate between us and the whole rest of the world. And that's why Philippians say that we can go through the midst of this crooked and perverse generation and sign as lights. But y'all know what come before that? 
Do all things without murmuring and complaining. And that's how you shine in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. How can you do that? Because you got peace. Anybody got any questions?